You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. Hi, and welcome again to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. Once again, I am Ben Wolf, and today we are going to learn from our guest how to get actionable information from your company's numbers. Uh, I think it's no secret that uh, 90% of entrepreneurs and people starting companies are you know, not necessarily always finance whizzes unless they're starting an accounting firm, but they are, uh, you know, they're starting their company because they are really good at whatever their art is. They're great technicians, great artists, uh, great at whatever they do. They, they feel and they know that they could do that better than anybody else. And so they're starting their company or maybe they're just, maybe you're just sick of doing it for somebody else in the past. But uh, now you started a company, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have comfort or knowledge about uh, about accounting, bookkeeping, how to look at your numbers and how to not only look at your numbers, but get actionable information that really tells you something from those numbers. So that is what we're going to learn from our guest today. As always, I remind you to please subscribe on whatever method, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, however it is that you're listening to this podcast. It'll make it more available to you, the great content and the great knowledge that uh, we and our guests are sharing uh, out there in the community. And uh, as well, it'll help the algorithms make this content and this value available to even more people. So please be sure to subscribe and leave a review on whatever method you are listening to this. Um, and we can share that unique value of this show, which is sharing valuable tools and actionable information that you could use uh, and uh, not just successful and amazing entrepreneurial success stories. So with that, I want to get into introducing our guest today, uh, who is a person who originally, you know, on an earlier point in her life, spent six years in a big accounting firm, Romer & Company. She previously served as a COO at a web development firm, and she became founder and CEO uh, of, uh, of the accounting firm that she started, All-in-One Accounting, back in 2002. Uh, her company provides accounting and fractional CFO uh, that's like part-time or fractional CFO services to startups and mid-sized businesses starting in the Twin Cities and now all around the country. Uh, she's featured, she's been featured in articles in minnesotabusiness.com. She's been named among, uh, she and her firm have been named among the top 50 fastest growing companies in the Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota area for the last three years running. You can find out more about her at uh, and her company at allinoneaccounting.com. And uh, with that, I give you Heidi Olson. Welcome, Heidi. Thank you, Ben. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. My pleasure. My pleasure. And um, so, uh, yeah, so let's just jump right in. So I, I guess, first of all, I wanted to, you know, dig in a little bit into your background. We could see a little bit of context where you're coming from. And with that, I guess I wanted to ask, you know, you started off in an accounting firm. You're helping entrepreneurial businesses. I mean, at that stage, did you ever think you'd be starting your own company? Like, just tell, tell, tell us a little bit more about your background, your own entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, absolutely. No, I actually didn't think I would, I would end up here, but the reality is that I saw back in my CPA days, all of these small businesses and nonprofits that really didn't have resources. So what was happening was they were creating these giant messes throughout the year, and then they would come in to get their taxes done, or they would come in to get their audits done, and things were just in such disarray. And mm. I was thinking all the time, like, how are they making decisions about their businesses throughout the year? 
-hmm. when they don't have any good information. And my parents are both entrepreneurs. And so I grew up really in that kind of environment. I grew up in a small town in southwestern Minnesota, you know, farming community, okay. lots of hardworking folks. And so I think I have that, you know, certainly entrepreneurial spirit. And so mm -hmm. I really, my heart just went out to these folks that would come in with these big messes and really struggled throughout the year to really manage the accounting and finance aspects of their business and really were really looking for help and really didn't know where to go for it. Um, and so I really thought there's got to be a better way for small businesses and nonprofits to get good financial information in which to make decisions about their businesses throughout the year, not just to get their taxes done because taxes are really a compliance issue. Mm -hmm. They're not about how to run your business. And there's okay. a real difference there. And so I thought, you know what? There's got to be a way to bring solutions and peace of mind um, and walk alongside these entrepreneurs to help them um, better their lives and help their businesses be more successful. Because I really saw their struggles. And it really, you know, honestly broke my heart um, because I, you know, having two parents that were entrepreneurs, I saw their struggles growing up. Um, so right. I, I really, uh, through, through seeing all of that and really the, the need in the market and 15 years ago, there really was nobody doing this kind of work. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. And so, uh, started all in one accounting with really that heart and that passion for small business and nonprofits, knowing that there was a better way to bring tiered financial expertise and solutions to small businesses. Okay, um, so, so that's what I did. Right. So, so that's kind of, you know, kind of dovetailing into, you know, some of that stuff I was saying at the beginning about why so many people start their businesses because they, they see a need or they see something that they could do uh, better or fill a niche that is not previously filled. And that's, you know, kind of how you what prompted you to start your business as well. Absolutely. And when you say about your parents growing up in an entrepreneurial household, both parents, uh, what, what was that? What was that like? What was that? You know, it was, you know, to see your parents work so hard and also just have the, what I would say, the courage to, to start businesses and to, to really build them from the ground up and all of that hard work and sweat equity and, and you mm -hmm. know, the long hours and to really pour everything you have in, into those businesses. And, and what I see is, as the accounting and finance part of that is making sure that everything is going and being taken care of and you know where you're at. And so um, for my parents, you know, if they didn't have the accounting and finance part of their businesses taken care of, that would be a huge risk for them. Um, and it's also a huge opportunity for them to understand their businesses better. So it, how I would apply that to what I was seeing back in my CPA days is I saw these entrepreneurs really struggling with understanding their numbers and really struggling with the risks that they had by not understanding their numbers and also by not being able to seize opportunities by not understanding where they were at. I mean, many entrepreneurs honestly still to this day open up their checkbook or their bank account and they're running their businesses off of what their cash balances are. And right. you just can't, you can't do that. That's not a good metric of how your business is doing. Right. Okay, well, well, you know, let's start to dive into the, some of that, you know, some of that substantive information that you know that people can hopefully put to use, you know, on their own right away, um, which is, which is, uh, well, actually, you know, one other question I actually wanted to get to about uh, about your background. I know that uh, that you have said things in the past about uh, about 
by seemingly having pain in, in, in your own firm and managing your business and concentrating on your own core focus. I forgot if I, I saw an article or something to that effect, but tell, tell, tell me about, because I think, you know, struggling with focusing on, on who your core focus is, what it is, is something that a lot of people can relate to uh, and that they're having to deal with in their own businesses. So what, what, what was that struggle for you and, and, and how did you come to address it in, in your own business? Um, so in terms of our ability to focus on what we're really good at, so let me, I think it's twofold. One, as an entrepreneur, I think when you start your business, a lot of times you have to do everything, right? So right. you start your business and it's small and you, even though you're a brilliant architect or you've invented some new technology, you have to do the books because you're kind of at that stage in terms of where your business is at, right? You <laughs> right. have, because you're growing it. And unfortunately you have to answer the phones and take out the garbage and do the bookkeeping and, and everything. Yeah, yeah. But as your, as your business grows, you have this opportunity to figure out what the best and highest use of your time is and how to scale your business. And one of the first things that I would really encourage entrepreneurs to think about is, is the accounting aspect of your business something that you can hire someone else to do because it's not the highest and best use of your time. And quite frankly, you probably don't enjoy doing it and you're probably not very good at it. So let's, let's get some expertise in there that can help structure a great system and approach that gives you the information that you need to run your business in a smart way. And I think that accounting leadership is a really important piece of that because I think a lot of entrepreneurs just feel really, um, really lost around mm -hmm. the financial aspects of their businesses. It's, you know, it's a piece of the business that that's just a piece they have to deal with. You know, it comes along with starting a business. Um, it's not a piece that a lot of people would choose to have to deal with in their businesses. So that's one aspect I think of, of that focus is deciding the highest and best use of my time as an entrepreneur is to focus on growing my business or building product or building team or whatever it is that I'm really good at. And I'm going to hire expertise in these other areas of my business. So that's one of those things. The other, the other real focus area as a company that we've experienced is yeah, we're going to be, we're going to be laser focused on delivering tiered financial expertise to small business and small businesses and nonprofits. And mm -hmm. for us, now, that means that- Was there an earlier that, stage when you were shooting a little broader than that? Yeah. So originally, since many of us came out of tax, we did provide tax services. So, you know, for the first couple of years, because I had been doing tax and many of us had been doing tax, uh, we did that. But you know what? It was a huge distraction for right. us. And it, it wasn't core to what we were trying to do. Um, and so we decided about two years in that we were not going to offer that, that it was not uh, right. what we were trying to accomplish. And right. we eliminated that as part of our offering. And there have been a number of things along the years where we have really had to say, is this part of what we're trying to accomplish with clients? And is this core to our offering and our focus, or is it a distraction? Right. Um, and, you know, there's a saying, opportunity is the killer of strategy. And I think you really have to think about hmm. things that float along in front of you in, in terms of that. Is this really an opportunity that, that aligns with your strategy or is it a killer of your strategy? 
Well, I, I think, I think, you know, even if we ended the interview right here, I, I just think that that's something that you learned, you know, you learned and implemented in your own business. And I just think that that's a, it's a critical, it's a critical piece of this, you know, you know, for anybody to understand, you know, which is, uh, which is, which is focusing on your core focus and, and not getting distracted. And, and, and I think that that nugget about, you know, opportunity, what, what is it is the killer of strategy or but uh, certainly can be <laughs> right and, and that uh you know and that you know oh here's something you know we can do it and it's an opportunity uh, and that you know just becomes that shiny object that takes you away from uh like you said before your highest and best use uh, as a business so that's really i mean it's it's you know it's really interesting and, and, and critical so uh you know just to hear that you've gone well, through that yourself. It's not just something you advise your clients on. I mean, that's something that you had to decide and to do in your own entrepreneurial business in this uh, in this firm. And I, and I think it continues to be um, something that we deal with all the time because mm -hmm. I think there are always things that come up. And, and as a visionary, and most of our clients are visionaries in their organizations mm -hmm. where because they had the idea and they have the passion and, and they're going to continue to have ideas and they're going to continue to be passionate about things and you have to... Right evaluate if right. those things are in alignment with your strategy or not because continue to test continue to test each decision against that against that strategy against that longer term plan that knowledge yes. of what your core focus really is yep and and you can't take um you have to be careful too because i think you can't kill that passion and that vision and that you know that drive but it has to make sense so there's a balance there, but, but mm -hmm. keeping true to your focus, I think is extremely, extremely important and will help your company be very, very successful. But I think a here's a really important piece. I think alignment okay. with your financial and accounting plan is really important. What do you mean? Alignment? So what do you mean by alignment around the account? Yeah. Plan? So here's an example. So when I go in a, into a quarterly session or, or a planning session with my team, mm -hmm. I'm the visionary and my team. And when I go in and, and this I'll, is internal, I'll, you're not talking about clients. This is for, yeah, this, you're this is internal. for internal, but okay. the same would be true with our clients. Sure. You know, uh, they go in and, and the visionary or the leader of the organization probably has, you know, uh, 15 ideas. So mm -hmm. I'll throw up 15 ideas and my integrator will say, <laughs> we have budget for one of those, Heidi, now you know, again, so <laughs> just, just, just for everybody else here, just to, you know, we do talk about EOS terminology on here. Uh, but we, you know, we don't necessarily assume that everyone is familiar with EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system, but you know, when Heidi says uh, her integrator, so she's essentially talking about her, something like a COO or a second in command that is tying together and kind of the day-to-day -day operations and all the different operational functions within the business, kind of like a COO. So uh, yeah, so anyway, go ahead though. But yeah, so the integrator is saying like, okay, well, let's sift through those 20 ideas and see what we have the budget and the, and the bandwidth, I mean, internally yeah. to actually focus on and do well. Yep. And what aligns, right? What is part right. of our focus and what's right. going to keep us um, along in terms of our strategy? So, you know, I think those are really important things. And I, and I think what's interesting to think about is how does that align with your accounting and finance objectives and what mm -hmm. you already have planned? Because, um, again, it all needs to make sense from right. an accounting and finance standpoint. And so it's a good tie into um, how you plan around those things and, and doing forecasting, modeling, and understanding the financial implications of all of those decisions that you're making. Well, let's, okay, so let's, so let's get into that a little bit more. Now, now, 
what first of all to the to the pain side like what are the what are the risks what are the pain maybe some stories or you know of, of people who don't understand don't truly understand their numbers they're running it off of the the checkbook balance or whatever what what are the risks what happens when people are doing that which is a lot a lot of us out there i mean obviously oh yeah um oh, i've got so many examples but let me let me tell you a couple examples that i think will really resonate about and this is on the premise of i think that the the most important thing um, is to make sure that you have a, a system in place where you are looking at your numbers consistently and you understand what they should be. So you have a plan, you know what your mm. numbers should look like, you have a budget or forecast, you understand what those numbers should be, and then you have a system where you're looking at them on a periodic basis with the same timing. So I call this accurate, timely financial statements. Okay. So, how often how often should people be doing that? Every month. I mean, there are reportings that you should have throughout the month, but at a minimum, you should be looking at your financial statements once a month. And what I consider to be a truly uh, very effective report to look at every month is a budget versus actual. So that means we thought we would- Is that something you could do? Now, let's say somebody's not using an outside firm. Is that something they could do in QuickBooks or whatever bookkeeping system they're doing? Does it, does it have that ability? Absolutely. You have to develop your budget or forecast outside of the system, but you can you can upload it into the system and then okay. run budgets versus actuals. Okay. And it's a very powerful analytical tool. And it's very simple because tell me once more you, about why. What tell me more? Yeah. So once you do this uh, budget and you upload it into let's say QuickBooks or Sage or whatever system that you're using okay. and you run a budget versus actual on a, let's say a monthly basis, mm -hmm. you can then do an analysis essentially that manages it, but manages it by exception. So if I pull up, for example, for my company, a June profit and loss versus mm -hmm. actual, I can literally go through line by line. And really the only lines that I need to pay attention to are the lines that are off what I budgeted. Right. So in my company, that Either typically way under ends up or way over. I mean, maybe yep. I don't have to. Maybe I don't have to set aside that much money because it costs less next time, or or the opposite. Yep. I didn't set up a, a, enough. And why is that? Why did we go over budget? Did you know? Was, you know, was it just bad budgeting? Was it you know? Was there mistakes? Are there operational inefficiencies? I mean, what were the reasons why we're going over? Exactly. So in, let's say in, in a customer's or, or in my company, there's maybe three or four or five line items that are going to be materially off of what we budgeted. Mm -hmm. And those are the items that you're going to spend time looking at. And then those become your actionable items that you can do something about. So mm -hmm. for example, let's say in June, I had four line items on my P&L that were off budget. And let's mm -hmm. just say they were revenue. Revenue was over budget. Well, mm -hmm. that just means I go to my sales team and I say, great job. Great and great job team. <laughs> that's, that's actionable data. Go and congratulate yes, the yes. sales team. <laughs> yes, there you go. Um, let's say my cost of goods sold was also over, but when I dug in, I saw, you know what, we had overtime. I might go to my team, my operations team and say, what are we, how are we understanding mm. overtime and how are we trying right. to control it? Right. Okay. Is it about uh, controlling the overtime? Is it we're understaffed? Like, you know, what, what is it? Yep. Uh, maybe What's I also recognize that our our material costs are over and I identify that we had to do a rerun of um, because we, we had an, uh, an error. So again, how does this happen? We had a, we had a product issue. We had to do a rerun. How do we prevent that from happening again? What was the issue? So see how the operational issues in an organization are showing up in that P and L 
right. then we're taking that result and we're circling back to create operational efficiency and to solve problems. Right. So it's kind of full circle. You can see it coming full circle here. Right. So some, I mean, so some takeaway points besides the the importance of, uh, so besides the importance of clarifying, and again, anybody that is working with an EOS implementer and is implementing EOS in their business, obviously they are clarifying what their core focus is and they're able to use that as a test against any new ideas uh, as we go along and also keying that, uh, keying that core focus or that decision-making process into your financial information so that you're not you know, spending too much just because something seems like a good idea, but you're actually keying that into your financial, uh, your financial plan. And, and, you know, and also this last thing that you're saying about, about, uh, you know, creating a budget, spending the time and the effort to do that. And, you know, inputting that into whatever your bookkeeping system is and running a budget versus actual and going over that every month and, and spending time discussing, looking into what are the root causes and the root reasons for any material differences between budget and actual. So that's obviously a lot of, a lot of key information uh, that people are getting there. And um, one thing that you've talked about before is also internal controls. What kind of it, what, what are the peop mistakes people make around internal controls? What are they and, and what are the risks of not doing it? Great question. This is probably one of the biggest risks that I see for any company. And that is that they give too much control to one person. And this mm -hmm. typically happens when you're a smaller organization because you have a very small accounting team. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that accounting team is one person mm -hmm. or maybe it's two people. And so the biggest risk that you have is that you have one person that you just hand over the reins to and there are absolutely no checks and balances. So that mm -hmm. person can input the bill, cut the check, sign the check, balance, you know, balance the bank statement, gets right. the gets the statement. I mean, they have full control over the mm -hmm. general ledger. They have full control over the money. They have full control over everything. And when I talk with that entrepreneur and I bring up this point, they, the typical response is, well, I, I completely trust this person. Right. And my response yeah, is, I, I'm really... I'm really glad that you trust that person, but you need to verify that things are being handled well. Like Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. And so there are some really, even if you only have a one person accounting team, there are some things that you can do as a small business owner to protect yourself. Okay. And they can involve you as part of the solution or they can involve an outside mm. company or what, is, what, another... what are some of the options? How, how would that look if, if, if I, as an entrepreneur or a visionary, am doing that? How would that look if, if I have somebody outside doing that? What, what, yeah. what does that look like? Yeah. Uh, one option would be uh, for you to have somebody come in at, and, and reconcile your bank accounts at the end of the month and do a month end. That is one of the best things I would say that you can do to ensure internal right. control. So have so someone you have... else doing the reconciliation. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And um, the other benefit to that is if you have someone else come in and do the reconciliations and, and do your financial statements, they may be able to have that second set of eyes to help you with uh, risk and opportunities and strategy work. So typically, if you have a one person accounting team, I would say that person is probably going to be more towards the accountant side of things and less towards the CFO side mm -hmm. in terms of talent. Right. And every small business needs somebody to help them think strategically about their businesses. And so it's a good opportunity for you to have somebody not only with your 
second set of eyes or internal controls, but also someone to help you think about your business at a higher level that's not in the details every day. Because it's hard to do both. You know, it's hard to be in the day-to-day -day of the accounting and then to step back and say, what does this really mean? And so I think it would be, it, this is one of the recommendations that I make for, for a lot of small businesses is if you have a one or two person accounting team, uh -huh. hire, hire somebody to come in and do a month end review, reconciliation of your accounts and financial statement preparation. It, it, and if you're really small, do it quarterly. Mm -hmm. Because if nothing else, uh, Susie or whoever your internal accounting person, they know that someone else is going to be coming in and taking a look at things. So even if they have thought about doing something, they're not going to. Right. Because they know that someone's going to be looking at their work. Oh, yeah. It's tough. We, we you know, I, we actually had um, in my congregation, not not in my business, but in my congregation, we had, we had, a, we had an incident several years ago of a, uh, of, of the treasurer for over six for about six years um and you know who who unbeknownst to anybody long-term friend of a lot of people and and just trusted member of the board you know stole uh somewhere between six hundred thousand and a million dollars over the course of several years uh it was just the only one who who had it there who who had access to the information and no one could have possibly imagined when I mean, you talk about how people trust you know someone and uh and it's it's highly painful if that happens so it definitely can you know can testify to the uh you know the importance of that those internal controls and and um and uh in this kind of fractional cfo or just kind of expert expert to, to bring in on a monthly or quarterly basis um just for beyond the controls aspect but but just really on the advisement on the advisement aspect and make sure you are able to see the actionable data in your in your numbers. Now, if people are not, whether it's on their own or with a professional or with professional help, what are the risks of not of not looking at their numbers, learning how to understand what they mean and, you know, and then being able to take action on that information? What what are the risks? How much could be saved? How much could be lost? Like, what is that? Well, I think it could be as as um, detrimental as is your company not surviving if you don't look at your numbers. I mean, it, there is such a huge importance upon understanding how you make money, mm -hmm. where your company is going and having a plan. I, I think it's extremely important. And if you do it, it will make all the difference in the world, in my opinion. And if you don't do it, um, you know, that on the small side, you could just lose some money. And on the more extreme side, it, it could literally cost you your company. Um, you know, as an example, um, I, I've, ha I've worked with companies that have gotten so in disarray in their accounting that they literally have no idea if they're making money or not. And that's just a really right. scary place for, for you to be. And I've had, right. you know, I've had clients in my office that are just, you know, crying and they're not sleeping and they're just at this point where they're working so hard and they have no idea if, if it's going to benefit them or not or if they're making money or if, the, if their company is even going to survive. And so mm. we've got to work in a way that is smart and then in a way that makes sense. And so really having a handle on how you make money, how money comes in the door, mm -hmm. how much it costs to deliver your product or service. 
and how much your overhead is. And really um, part of what we like to do and what I think is important for any entrepreneur is to make sure that they understand and educate themselves on the numbers. And depending on where they start, you know, that can be a journey for an entrepreneur to learn to understand their financials and to utilize them to their, you know, to, to grow their companies. Um, right. Are there any good resources for people to learn if they want to be able to understand their numbers better? What, what resources can they look to, to, to learn how to do that? You know, I think, I think their biggest resource is probably their accounting team themselves is to, to work with them. Their, and internal, to, their internal accounting team. Yeah. Okay. And, and any, any company that they may work with or their CPA firm. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that we like to do is, is, is break apart the financials and go through them section by section and really explain what they mean. Mm -hmm. And then also when we're going through the budgeting process, we really like to involve our entrepreneurs who are very who are typically very top line focused. We have, you know, a right. lot of sales, sales, yeah. um, <laughs> sales and revenue um, driven organizations. And that's very important. But what we really like to focus on at all in one county is the bottom line. And so we really like to help entrepreneurs understand that, yes, growing revenue is very, very important. But more important than that is growing the bottom line. And how right. do we do that in a smart right. way? Right, you could you could double your top line, and your bottom line could not change at all. You know, you know if expenses are out of control and whatnot. Well, and, and to that point, I can tell you that I get a lot of prospects that come through the door, and they and this is the conversation. I'm working so hard, and I've grown sales. I mean, sales have doubled, and I don't have any money. And then I go hmm. into their financials, and I look, and guess what? Their receivables are completely out of control. Right. They are not collecting them because mm -hmm. they don't have a system and the entrepreneur is still doing all the accounting or has someone in place and they've just grown so quickly and no one has taken the time <laughs> <laughs> to put a system in place. Right. And, and, and the entrepreneur doesn't want it. That's the piece of the business that they don't want to do and right. they shouldn't do. They don't want to well, follow what do you, up with well, their customers. Well, what do you tell them to do? If, you know, if, if that's what's out of control is they've got 1920 day receivables or whatever. <laughs> so what, what is, what do you what do you tell them to do? Well, the first thing I tell them to do is let's go collect those receivables. Like mm -hmm. that's the first thing. Let's get some cash in the door to alleviate that immediate pain. Right. So we can make payroll and you can sleep at night and let's just get, you know, so we're not on a day to day cash existence. Mm -hmm. And then let's put a process in place, a very solid accounts receivable process. This is exactly how we bill. This is how we follow up. And then it's just a system that you that you follow. There's a lot of great technology now around invoicing to make mm -hmm. that more streamlined. There's a lot right. of great options now for people. And because we have so many clients and we get a lens into so many different um, things that people are doing, we can bring a lot of solutions to clients that they may not have ever heard of. So right. like, let me give you an example. Yeah. About eight years ago in my business, we decided that we we were going to go to all of our clients pay on ACH or credit card. And we just decided, you know what, that is going to make our internal operations so much more efficient that we're mm -hmm. going to be able to keep our costs. Yeah. And we're going to keep our internal costs down, which long term benefits our clients. Mm -hmm. That has been a complete game changer for us. Wow. And our clients love it. I mean, it's been, it's wonderful. They still get an appropriate amount of time to review their invoices, but it has streamlined and saved us so much time internally. And that's a, that's an approach that we share with so many of our clients that they have now implemented that have, that has streamlined and brought efficiency to their accounting. Um, so that's just one example. That's a great nugget, of how, yeah. 
yeah, how you can, how you can bring efficiency and how you can make things um, just work so much more smoothly and not get in that position where like so many entrepreneurs are, where they're, where they're working so hard, they're growing the top mm. line yeah. and they don't have any money right. and they're stressed out. Right, right. No, that was, it was a, a lot of hugely valuable things here. Um, I, what, what's next for you? What's next for All-in-One Accounting? What's next for, for Heidi Olson? Oh, geez. Well, you know, we're just we're just going to continue to grow. My philosophy is as long as we have the opportunity to work with uh, clients that have core value alignment that are in need of tiered financial expertise and I can continue to grow this team. Uh, I have an amazing team of folks. They are hardworking and caring and they're experts. And so I've been really fortunate. Um, we're going to continue to grow and solve problems and bring peace of mind to our clients. Um, that's what we're up to. And I just uh, get pretty excited every day that I get to come into work and get the opportunity to work with these folks. So that's that's what I'm up to. Well, that's awesome. Well, actually, one other follow-up question on that is, what does it mean core values alignment with your clients? What does that mean? What does that look like for you guys? Yeah, um, so we have five core values. Um, do you mind if I share them? Yeah, yeah please share. Okay. Um, they are be on, give your all, deliver, advise with integrity, gain trust, take the numb out of numbers, <laughs> rock solid skills, and listen, learn, share, and achieve. So those are our core values. A lot and to absorb. Okay. Yeah. yeah listening. They're, um, they're, they're, but what we do is we hire, review, and, um, and recognize to those. But also when we start to interview a prospective client, I share those and I say, what are your core values? And what we're looking for is we're saying, you know, well, if what we percentage have a of the time do people have an answer? Oh, you know what? About half. Okay. You know, half the time they, it's just silence when I ask. Right. You're like, do we have what? Isn't that for those like Colgate, you know, to put on their wall? Like what does that have to do with us? <laughs> yep. Um, but, but when I say we're really looking for alignment, because that's where we're going to have deep, meaningful relationships where we can do really good work, then they get it. And I can tell you that, um, we've had some times where the conversation does end then, and that's okay because hmm. I, I have a responsibility. Get, what do you mean? Cause that's, 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 extremely interesting. I mean, we didn't obviously plan to talk about this, but, but that's very interesting in terms of using core values in your conversations with prospects, with potential clients. And I think that's something that might be applicable, nothing to do with accounting. I mean, that's something that might be applicable for anybody out there listening. So. Yeah. So um, we found that um, where we do not have core value alignment with our clients, we just, we have a very rocky um, relationship with them and we're unable to get to a place of maintenance and where mm -hmm. our team is feeling good about working with them. So I have an obligation to my team to make sure that I am selecting clients that they can be successful with. And so part of that is just making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm selecting and we're working with clients that have that alignment. And so I just thought, you know, the best way to do that is to talk about it and to say, these are our core values. What are your core values? And actually I ask them first and mm -hmm. then I tell them ours. And well, then I'm trying to get it, this a little bit less abstract in my mind. Can, can you give me an example of like, what's a kind of a situation where you might not have a core values alignment and you might you know, kind of part ways with the client at that stage. Uh, yeah. So uh, a core value alignment or misalignment might be where the client is not participating in the solution, where they're not, where they're not getting back to us with the information that we need. 
-hmm. and we have to we have to follow up with them 10 times to get a piece of information then they're just not they're not participating they're not uh they're not being on giving your all and delivering right Mm -hmm. they're they're not uh so uh uh, beyond give your all deliver they're not showing up they're maybe they're not showing up to meetings maybe they're not participating um taking the amount of numbers maybe they just have a really bad attitude towards their accounting <laughs> and they they don't want to learn you know right. they 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 just hate it and they they're negative about it and it's just um they can't quite get over that hurdle of this should really benefit your business right those would be two examples no that's great that's super helpful and very interesting. I mean, and, and very interesting to think about. And I have talked to others who've said similar concepts about ensuring that uh, your core values are aligned with your clients' core values. Um, and that's, uh, I think, that's super helpful in terms of making that more concrete. You know, what you're we actually about. went through an exercise this past quarter where we asked our team, "Do we have any clients that are not in alignment?" And we actually addressed those and went to those clients. And with some of them, we were able to adjust, and with mm-hmm. some of them, we, we terminated the relationships. Wow! Yeah. Well, that is, that is, that is strong and brave. That's yeah, really and, cool. and and a bit scary to be honest as a I'm leader. Sure, because it's <laughs> money, it's revenue. I mean, it's you know, it's hard. Yeah, that's what I mean. But it's, it's the right it's the right thing to do for the team. And that's what, you know, happy team, happy clients. That's my philosophy. Right. Well, that is very, you know, what we ended up covering more topics than, you know, than than maybe we thought than just, you know, than just simply learning how to um, how to, uh, you know, simply learning how to and the risks related to understanding your numbers, understanding how to get actionable information from your numbers. But yeah, we learned some great, you know, I, I, th- I think we covered today some great uh, information and tips on what people should be doing to get clarity and and how to get more meaning and understanding of their numbers, what resources they could go to for that. But also in terms of, you know, in terms of your own entrepreneurial journey and, and how you run your own entrepreneurial business and using some of the, the, the teachings of EOS, it sounds like, in terms of clarifying one's own core focus and testing what they do against that and and how you've really amazingly bravely you know just you know saying no to opportunities because you know that that's you know that you know it's taking away critical resources from 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 your sweet spot where you'd actually be uh be achieving much more for the same amount of you know uh time and energy and and money resources Uh, and also this piece about uh, about core values alignment with your clients and and seeing the bigger picture related to that and, and getting much more prosperity from that. And it sounds like from your success and the rate rankings over the years in, in, in the Minneapolis area that uh, that obviously you're doing something right with this approach. And and um, so it's really, really great information. I really appreciate you coming on today. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll see everybody on the other side. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.